nobody has the ability to take your calm, your peace, your love. Eleanor Roosevelt said something to the effect of, nobody has the ability to make you feel bad without your permission. Basically saying that nobody's making you feel bad about who you are or angry about who you are, frustrated. You're allowing them to be that way. Like you and I and everybody, we're human. And we've chosen to be human so that we can experience what it's like to be divine. And the only way to experience divinity is to understand what divinity is not. And that is humanness. There are two ways we can go through life. We can either just wake up and have life just hit us and just like oh, roll with the punches and just like whatever happens, happens. It's like not my responsibility. It's like my boss was this, my husband or wife was this. And it's just like, I just take no responsibility, just like have life hitting you. Or you can say, okay. I'm going to choose love. I'm going to choose calm. And when it doesn't happen, what part did I play in creating the lack of calm? And how do I get back to that? Happiness isn't something we have to search for, to strive for. It's within us. We just have to silence all the distractions that you pointed about earlier and get in touch with that. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another transformative episode of Unleash Thyself. It's Constantine Morun, and I'm thrilled to introduce a beacon of calm in today's crazy and busy world, Tom Walters. Picture a world where each one of us is armed with the ancient yet life-transforming tool of meditation. Tom's mission isn't just a number on a chart, but a call to action, to teach over a million souls how to find inner peace, how to meditate. It's a magnificent vision, one where every individual realizes their intrinsic power, their place in the universe, and starts living a life of purpose and meaning. Tom began his journey into meditation back in 1982. Fast forward to today, with over 5,000 hours of meditation practice under his belt, he's not just a teacher, he's a lifelong student of this transformative art. He hosts the global podcast, The Zen Commuter, which I had the pleasure to be on a few months ago, and Calmer in Five platforms where he deep dives into the realms of mindfulness and tranquility. Today, we embark on a profound journey from the nuances of personal power to the essence of life without judgment. We explore the corridors of meditation, where intention triumphs over expectation, and where every moment just is without the binary of good or bad. You will discover the intricacies of how meditation transforms daily interactions even with that demanding boss at work, and how it guides us to co-create our realities, extracting lessons for personal growth. You'll be enlightened by Tom's personal 20-minute meditation practice and his insights drawn from decades of stillness. Our world can sometimes seem dominated by chaos, intolerance, and aggression. But as Tom believes, every meditating soul is a step closer to a planet radiating peace, understanding, and connection. It's not about dominating. It's about resonating with a deeper truth. Every individual has a purposeful role to play. Before we delve deep, if Unleash Thyself has been your gateway to expand consciousness, please show some love. Hit like, subscribe, and drop a comment or review. Your support is the wind beneath our wings allowing us to soar to greater heights every week. So sit back, take a deep breath in, and get ready to embrace the serenity and wisdom that awaits. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself. I am thrilled to welcome Tom Walters to the show. Tom, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you were on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Tom, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. Constantine, I am so excited to meet with you again. You were on my show and we had a great conversation and I'm expecting the exact same thing. Well, yeah, as we just talked about off air, I'm not expecting anything. I'm a, I know that it'll be as it'll be and we'll just have a wonderful time. I get to connect with a, a new old friend and that works for me. Exactly. I love that, Tom. And again, thank you for having me on your show. Your show is called Zen, Zen Commuter and Comer in Five. I got two shows. So the Comer in Five is a little bit more digestible for many people. It's basically when I created the show, when I created Zen Commuter, it was a morning show. 
And now it's whenever, and it's not just for commuters. But to that point, I'm like, well, if I get people to work in a chill space, I got to get them home in a chill space too. Usually probably more times than not, they need to be more chill going home than getting there. So I created a Comrade 5, which started off being Zen Commuter PM, Five Minute Mojo, and now Comrade 5. But it's got the same message, just having us retool our thinking so that we can become calmer and more intentional in our lives. Exactly. Love that, Tom. And just to tell the audience, <clears throat> what you're specializing and what you love to talk about is meditation. Correct. And, and the power it can bring into our life. And not the power over others, like you talk about, but the power to have a more bountiful life, more joyful life, more calm or calmer life. Right, exactly. And it's interesting when you bring up the word power, I'm like, and I say this, maybe my listeners, if they're listening to this, are like, is he going to talk about it again? I'm like, yeah. So whenever we hear the word power, because of our society, it's kind of has a warped feeling, like a power to manipulate other people or be a CEO where you have tons of people under you. Like, so whenever I say the word power, that is absolutely positively not what I'm talking about at all. When I think about power, I mean, the power to understand a your connection to divinity and b just your ability to regulate emotions to be calm to be insightful to live in this human world where there's humanness going on and our higher self going on there's just so much so the power i talk about and when i hear that word and have to clarify maybe i don't need to do it anymore but is just to understand it's like internal power no power over other people it's just your ability to create your life, manifest your life, and live a life that is just beyond joy. I love the Tom. Let me ask you this, because this idea has been showing up a lot in social media, in my mind as well, and everywhere else, is the idea that we give our power away usually. And what that happens then is that you look externally for validation, for answers, for everything. And I, I've been there myself as one of the I can link it back to link it back to what I always link it back to, and that's meditation. If we have an awareness of our, of our body, of our energy, of our emotions, then we have the ability to, to not, just like you said, just give it away. Like, suppose you are at work and your boss calls you into their office and they just chew you out. Like, you can either get defensive, you could, you could get angry back, whatever. But the point is, if, they go in, if you go into a, mess, into a meeting and you get news that's unsettling, With a meditation practice, you can basically say, cool, you stop the clock. And that's what meditation allows us to do. Kind of broaden that gap where like, okay, I'm feeling these things in my body. How do I want to go? Do I want to get angry? Do I want to step back and say, hmm, okay. So getting back to your point of giving away our power, anytime we react as opposed to respond, we give away our power. Anytime somebody gets angry at us and we automatically get angry right back, they just totally like, it's like, oh, it's like you're like a puppet. It's like, so with that power that I was talking about with the meditation practice, people can say whatever they want and you'd be like, okay, cool. And you can either, like I said, when we have that gap, we can choose to react, get angry right back. But of course we know that's never going to be in our best interest, but we can have that gap to be articulate, to come from love. And I talk about that all the time, regardless of what's going on in your life, we can always come from love. And when we lose our power, we give up that we say, you know what, I don't have the uh, wherewithal to do that anymore. Like whatever buttons people pushed, then I just, like I said, as a puppet, and like, I never want that to be the case for anybody, because we're just so powerful. We're so linked to our divinity. And when we understand that, then nobody has the ability to like push our buttons to get us any way that we don't want to be. I think it was, I know I'm going to totally mess up this quote. Eleanor Roosevelt said something to the effect of nobody has the ability to make you feel bad without your permission. Basically saying that you're allowing people to like, you're not, nobody's making you feel bad about who you are or angry about who you are, frustrated. You're allowing them to be that way. So when we have that meditation practice, when we have that introspection, then we totally have the ability to just to be wherever we want to be, however that is. Hopefully that answered your question. Oh, I love it. And before we get back to the meditation piece and how you've gotten here to begin with, I just wanted to add one more thing that you said that it's like, I used to be someone that would say, oh, that person got me so angry or that person or that event got me so angry. Yep. And then I see it all the time in the people around me. They still say that. And I look and I'm like, well, yeah. They made you angry because you allowed them to, like to your quote. And I look at myself in the past, I'm like, oh, yeah, because it was my choice to react in a certain way, right? To consider whatever they did offensive or 
dismissive, whatever the case might be. And sure, there may have been some of that in there, but I can still choose how to react and how to absorb that energy information and what to do with it. It's interesting. And I love that because I, everybody's been in that space. And I try and teach people, obviously my students, but out in the world, you see that. And like, I mean, you see it on social media. It's like, oh, so-and-so push my buttons. I'm like, wow, you just really don't want to take any responsibility for one, right? It's like nobody can push your buttons without that. And it's amazing. My last corporate job, I had a part-time uh, gig a couple of years ago, just bringing another revenue stream. And I was working for this company and my boss was so hateful. Absolutely, without a doubt, one of the most vile, vicious people I've ever met in my life. And I brought that to my meditation. I'm like, and one of the things I learned was like, A, Every situation that you find yourself in is of your own creation. So, and I believe that. So, but sometimes I forget that. So in my meditation, I said, I created this. My guide's like, yep. I'm like, why? I'm like, why do you think? I'm like, okay, let me take a couple deep breaths. My guess is going to be compassion. You're right. The other thing is to help you reinforce that nobody has the ability to take your calm, your peace, your love. And she tested many times and you came back every time with love you put yourself in that position to learn that lesson to remember that lesson so a nothing happened to you you created it and you created it for a great reason so it's inst- it's moments like this where it's just like oh, man where a meditation practice is just shines like because there's so many times in a day where we're like what the heck what the, what just happened or like an interaction with a boss or somebody on the street anything and I can bring anything to my meditation cushion. And with the world kind of outside, and I bring everything inside, I find the clarity, I find the peace, I find the calm, and most importantly, I find the love. So I know I'm going to be preaching meditation for this entire episode, so, but I make no apologies because it is one of the most radiant life-affirming parts of my life, clearly. Wow, I love that story there, Tom. And honestly, it was giving me chills as you were telling it because... It reminds me of scenarios in which I have been in and honestly looking at the lessons in it and the way you describe the story, it's exactly that, right? There is, we co-create everything. I've come to realize it as well. And because we co-create, it means there's a reason, there's a logic behind what we're co-creating. And in everything that we co-create and everything that we experience, there's a lesson. But we are so wrapped up in the feelings associated with whatever we experience we forget to look for the lessons. And that's what I try to remind myself all the time is how can I learn the lesson while I'm in the lesson, if I may. Yep. And if I fail to do that, how can I learn as soon as possible right after? That's a great uh, perception because one of the things I talk about with my students with uh, on the show is that when I started meditating way back in the day, I met once a week. I'd meditate on a Saturday. It was just like the time where I wasn't working, wasn't at school. I mean, I was 18. But my meditation practice wasn't what it's like now. But it was like meditation, life, meditation, life. And obviously, over the past decades that I've been meditating, my meditation and my life are just one. It's like, so there are times when I have an interaction like that where I'm just like, cool, I am peace, I am love. And other times I'm like, like, okay, breathe, taking it all in. I'm like, I am not understanding this lesson right in this moment. So I am just going to take it home, get to my cushion, ASAP, and figure out what I'm supposed to learn. So yeah, it's cyclical. So sometimes I'm in that moment, much to my point where my meditation and my waking life are totally wonderfully blended. And I'm just like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. You're yelling at me. Whatever. I got it. No, no worries. And other times I'm like, oh, you seething, horrid person. I'm like, okay, no judgment. Love, love, love. Hey, it's Constantine here. And I want to take a brief moment to truly thank you for being a part of this incredible journey of transformation. You are the reason we are creating this content. I see you and I appreciate you. Your support truly means the world to me. I want to ask you for a small favor. I'd love for you to join our mission by hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a thoughtful comment or review. Your engagement helps others discover these insights, and together we can continue to unlock the power of authenticity and personal transformation. And if you want to reach out directly to me, send me an email at constantine at unleashedthyself.com. I value any and all feedback. Thank you for being a part of this movement. Now, back to the episode. And I hear two things there, Tom, which I love. First one, simple one. 
is the fact that there is no two lessons the same, right? That you're not going to take the same amount of time to learn something. Of course, I can school like anywhere else. So that's good. Perfect. And the second part, you've been meditating for like 40 plus years and you still have situations come up where it's not perfect. Right, right. And I love that message because for most of my life, and I know many people in my life and outside of my life, they think that perfection is the goal. Perfection is the expectation at the end of doing whatever. But we know that's not really the case. And I love how you bring it up as well without even saying it. It's like, I'm doing my best. This brings me closer to being the best I can be, but it's not going to be perfect. I'm glad that you pointed that out because I point that out to my students all the time. They think that because I've been meditating for 40 years that like every time I get on the cushion, I'm like greeted with like wisdom from the universe and I'm transcendent and peaceful and everything is sublime. And I'm like, no, I tell people I'm like every day is a new day. And to be honest, that's an awesome thing. Some days I'll be like on my cushion, I'll have wisdom. I'll talk to my guides. I'll have wisdom. And other days I'll just be like, okay, nothing earth shattering, but I'm uh, more centered. Uh, so yeah, it's up and down uh, whether, and it, I tell people this all the time. It's like, it's not, it's called a meditation practice, meaning practice, meaning you do it every day. And some days you're good. Some days you're not good. And even then, as I say that, I'm like, there is no good or not good. I mean, that's a judgment that we put on things, but some days are going to be different. Some days will be sublime and rife with wisdom. And other days you just be like, I connected and that works. And one of the things I'm told in my meditations all the time is that like you and I and everybody, we're human and we've chosen to be human so that we can experience what it's like to be divine. And the only way to experience divinity is to understand what divinity is not. And that is humanness. So there are days where you're going to be like wonderfully centered, calm, and other days where you're like, okay, I got this. I got this. <laughs> Ups and downs. And to be honest with you, it's wonderful. Like with a meditation practice, I'm like, I'm able to see when I'm shifting between what I call humanness and higher self. And, but also the wisdom to understand, like, am I supposed to be my higher self now? And one of the things I'm always telling is like, you're always connected to your higher self. You always are your higher self. But there are lessons in humanness too. There are lessons in struggle. There are lessons in having challenges with people. Because just like I said, there are two ways we can go through life. We can either just wake up and have life just hit us and just like oh, roll with the punches and just like whatever happens, happens. It's like not my responsibility. It's like my boss was this, my husband or wife was this. And it's just like, and you just take no responsibility, just like have life hitting you. Or you can say, okay, I'm going to choose love. I'm going to choose calm. And when it doesn't happen, what part did I play in creating the lack of calm? And how do I get back to that? <laughs> <laughs> I smiled there, Tom, because I love that message so, so much. And it resonates with a practice I began doing a few months ago, which is at the end of the day, part of my journaling, write down the highlights and lowlights of the day. And the purpose behind it when I started doing it was to remind me of what you just said at the lowlights of my day. Sure, they may have had someone else play a part in it, but I played a part in it as well. Right, right. And at the beginning, it was all about, no, it was someone else playing their part, and mine was like insignificant. But then the more <laughs> you see with it, the more you realize, the wait a second, yeah, I had quite a bit to play in it. Yeah, exactly. And one of the other things I talk about on Zen Computer and just how I've talked about it for a long time is what's called situation of neutrality. When, when we take away judgment, then we really have a chance to learn. Like our society says rate things as good, bad, right, wrong, evil, good, whatever. And that's duality. That I mean, That's human creation. But when we have the ability to say like, you know what? Here's the thing that happened. What am I going to take from this? I can either focus on it, what appears to be the worst thing ever, or I can say, cool, this is here. What can I extract from this to grow? What can I extract from this to become more loving, more kind? And, not, and knowing that like somebody gets stricken with a disease, Immediately, people are like, oh, that's horrible. We don't know that. We don't know anybody's path. And when we think about disease and we think about anything happening in our lives, much like I talked about earlier, it's of our own creation. So we are creating these lessons. And my mom used to say all the time. And when I was younger, I'd be like, what is she talking about? And when I'm, now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, God bless you, mom. <laughs> She'd say, you can learn your lessons joyfully or painfully. The choice is always yours. So wise, so wise. So yeah, so like I said, when we look at a thing and we don't say this is good, this is bad, we just look at it like objectively, like a meditation practice allows us to do, 
we can take the pieces that are really going to work for us. It's like, okay, I'm having challenges with this person. What does that mean? Why did I bring myself to this person? What am I to teach? What am I to learn? And just really, and it sounds a little laborious and people are like, dude, that sounds like really, really tiring. It becomes less tiring as you meditate more and more. And as you meld that meditation in your quote waking life, it's just like, cool, this is how it is. And things happen on such a different level. And when we have a meditation practice, we see all these different levels, the human nature, the human levels, the energy levels, the fear, the humanist, the ego. And all, it's just wonderful how meditation practice just totally like opens up a curtain. You're like, oh, so that's what life is about. I dig that. I love that, Tom. So you shared quite a bit about the benefits of meditation. We went down a path where we explored quite a bit of that. So let's actually take it a step back. Let's say I'm a student of yours. I've never meditated in the past, or I've done very little. And I come to you and I ask you, Tom, why should I meditate? And we cover some of the benefits. What would you say? Obviously, it's going to depend on each person. Each of us, and this is total judgment-free, are evolving. We're on a different path. So when I see people out in the world and they're angry or hateful or stressed or whatever, like as a step back again, like when I started doing the work that I'm doing, my goal was to help people become the best version of who they are, just like you. And that's what I still do with meditation. But one of the things that really kind of, well, it did impact me pretty uh, heavily. I was like in my meditations and, you know, I, I'd go and I'd in the day and I'd be seeing people that are angry and, you know, riddled with disease or just their lives just aren't working. And I'm just like, became profoundly sad. And I'm like, and in my meditation, I was told, it's like, I'm like, I want the world to be as light and loving and caring as it can be. And I was told quite adamantly, but kindly in my meditations, like, that's not everybody's path. Not everybody's path is to experience joy in this life, but you have the ability I'm going to get choked up a little bit. You have the ability to see the people that are, quote, on the cusp, on the edge of knowing that there's something different. Find those people, reach those people. And the reason I bring that up is when people come to me, uh, like, what's the benefit of meditation? I'm like, I kind of have to kind of get a feeling for who they are. Like, for somebody, it might be just like, like, I go to work every day and it sucks and I am stressed and I hate it. In those cases, I'm like, cool. We can find ways to help you relax, how you can interact with your coworkers and your supervisors so that the days aren't that challenging. So for some people, I just have to kind of gauge where they're at and say, like, they're at the beginning of their journey. They just want to have a mind that's quiet. They just want to have a moment where they can be calm. And then there are people where like, I had this dream the other night or I was walking in the woods and this thing happened where I'm like, I could swear that the trees were talking to me or that I was somewhere else. And when those things happen, I do the exact same thing. I just kind of feel I'm like, cool. Sounds like you're in a transition. Like, you know how to become calmer. Maybe it's not always going to be like this, like we talked about, but you've mastered that. But it seems like you're seeking you want to see more of what the world has to offer and not just quote this world, but the entire universe, the whole world, all the things that are perceivable to us, imperceivable to us. So for me, when somebody comes to me, I literally have to, Hey, I'm going to ask them like, what do you want to experience? And then kind of gauge from our conversation, if it's going to be more rudimentary, just like, and I say that just not knowing that there's a path or a trajectory for meditation, but just understanding the basics. But if somebody wants to experience more, because obviously, as I've mentioned in this interview, that there's so much that happens in our lives that just goes beyond what we see. We wake up and we're like, oh, my husband, wife, my boss, and there's just like trees and like, this is all there is. I'm like, oh, oh boy. It's been my experience that there is so much more, so much that we don't see and so much that we can experience and meditation allows us to do that. So like I said, maybe belaboring to your question, it's like, I just have to gauge where people are at. If they want the basics, cool. And it's kind of cool because there've been many times when I've gone into companies to teach meditation for that very reason I was talking about. It's like, you know, we want our employees to be less, we want to be healthier so they're not out because of stress and all this. And I love it because invariably when I'm teaching a group, They'll learn all the basics and they'll be obviously benefiting from that. It's like, oh, cool. No, I, I know how to take my deep breaths and how to, but then there'll be somebody that'll either email me or come up after class. Like I was meditating the other day and like, I saw this kind of 
it was like a vision. It was like something else. I'm like, oh, cool. And then we explore that. The point I'm trying to make is that most people in the day-to-day life and in the world, their minds are just all over the place. They don't see the world around them because their mind is just bouncing off to-do lists, anger, resentment, joys, frustration. It's like all over the place. And like all this stuff is happening. And they're like, yeah, I can't see that. My brain is just... But when we have that quietness that people experience when I'm teaching like in a corporate environment, they're like, my mind is quiet. And when it was quiet, I experienced this. I'm like, ah, those are the moments. Those are the moments I absolutely love. So it's a wonderful trajectory. Whether people are starting just to learn how to be calm, they always get to the point where it's like, oh, now I'm calm. Now I can see things. Now I can hear my mind and not hear my mind. And it's beautiful. Now I can take the time to explore other parts of life that I didn't even know existed. So I think I got to your answer. <laughs> I got a lot of answers in there for sure. But I also, I mean, it's an important message to leave the audience with because it's this idea also that you can find those answers for you. So like you said, you have to see what everyone's path May, may be based on what they are today. And you can do an inventory of your own life and say, well, if I'm feeling stressed, if I'm feeling this way, what do I want to do about it? What do, where do I want to, to go from here? Right. And if it's just to relieve some of the stress, perfect, there's tools for that. But if it's to shift your entire life so then you don't have the stress to begin with, well, that's a completely different path. And an impossible one. In a human body, it's an impossible one. But here's the other thing, too. One of the other things that uh, I kind of get going back to situational neutrality, just kind of judgment. There have been many times in a meditation where I feel that I am, for want of better words, off. Meaning when I wake up in a perfect day, like today is a perfect day. I woke up, I'm like, ah, I get to go for my walk, hanging out in the woods with birds. Meditation was great. Everything's cool. But there are other days where I'm just like, hmm, that's right, I got to do this, 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 and there's just that. So there are days where I'm, I'll say it, stressed or, or more stressed than usual. I, I didn't get to the point where I'm pulling out my hair. Is that why you don't have any hair left? Yeah, exactly. I just was so riddled with stress, I just yanked it all out. No, it's to cover up the grays. But getting back to the point, there are some times in my meditations where if I'm feeling off or a certain way that is just kind of discordant. I ask myself in my meditation, what's this about? And the, and now it just seems like a, a rote question. My guides will say, do you need to feel this way right now? Meaning that our society says, if you're ever uncomfortable, do whatever you can to make sure that you are comfortable. If something makes you dis- uncomfortable, get rid of it. Stuff it down, get rid of it, buy something, never be uncomfortable. Where in my meditations, I'm like, okay. Maybe I was supposed to sit with this a little longer. And to be honest, it just happened probably about a month ago. There's a, like a week where I was just like, I'm like, I am not in the space that I need to be in. And first off, I'm told there is no space you're supposed to be in. The space you're in is where you're in, first and foremost. But secondly, it's like when I look back on those moments of disconnection, I should say, like today's a perfect example. So I wouldn't have known the beauty of today if I didn't experience the disconnection and the challenges of another day. So, and I create those too, just like I said before, like whether it be a week, whether it be a day, whether it be an hour, whether it be a year, I created all of it. And there's always going to be a goal. There's always going to be a reason that I create something. My conscious mind might not know it. My subconscious mind might not know it. My soul's mind, my soul always knows like, okay, you're in this body. Your soul says, let's do this. And your body might be in your human mind. Maybe like, I don't get it. No, I'm not going to do that. You're like, But when we have that ability to just say, you created this, there is a reason. And with the meditation, those reasons become clear. And like I said, we don't know the sun without the rain. So when those days come when I'm like, okay, A, it'll change. Things always change. Nothing stays the same. And B, I created this. There's a lesson. I just wait for it. I'll be thankful when it comes. And I'm thankful for what's going on right now. What an amazing message, Tom. Not so much because it, it resonates so well with a lot of the things I've come to realize as well more recently than I'd like to admit. But yes, I mean, there was just last week I had a day where I didn't feel at my best. Right. And to the point you made earlier, I was trying to do everything in my power to bring myself to, to feel good. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to see with my emotions. Maybe I'm supposed to Absolutely. just take this in and see, again, what's the reason behind it? Because we're so quick to dismiss something or, I don't know, go a different path and just to stop and think, okay, there's a reason for this happening. What is it? 
and one thing that this reminds me of is in my earlier years, like everyone else, we had some experiences that we felt not so good about. And they would come back up in my memory and I would cringe and I'd be like, ah, no, stuff it down, stuff it down. <laughs> it would come back up again and I would do the same thing. And then one day I just stopped and I said, well, wait a second, if it keeps coming back, isn't there a reason behind it? So let's look at the reason. And it, it reminds me of so much of what you just talked about, because really, if we were to stop and think about the reasons behind anything that happens in our life, we would be so much better off. At the end of a day, a week, a month. And it's funny because I don't know who came up with this quote, but I hear it. Well, I, I hear it every now and then. What we resist persists. To your point, it's like, okay, stuff it down. Like, I'm not going to be stuffed down. Uh, until you deal with this, I'm going to keep coming back. And every time I'm going to be coming back stronger. So to your point, when we have the moment, just say, okay, maybe I'm going to stop running from this. Maybe I'm just going to look at it and say, where's the lesson? Or what am I supposed to experience? And then, I mean whether that be on a soul level, even on a, on a psychological level. I mean, when you're in therapy, it's like the things that give us challenges are the things that we're stuffing down and we're not looking at, we're not experiencing. And they just, they fester until we look at them and give them some healing. They're just going to keep growing. So like I said, in a human base, in a human way with, you know, whether it be trauma or less traumatic things, like unless we address them, they're going to be there and they're going to fester and they're going to do some deleterious things. But the same thing is true from a less emergent nature in our lives. It's like, okay, this happened. I can look at it and I have a tool for looking at my meditation practice and I can figure out what's going on. And one of the other things that I learned way back in the day was a lot of times it doesn't have to do with this. Like way back in the day, it's like, okay, I need to know, I need to realize, think, use my brain to understand what this means. And then a long time ago, I got the message like, oh, you're adorable. It's not just about your brain. It's your body, your mind, and your spirit. And many times there is no reason for things, quote, happening the way they are. Sometimes I'm told in my meditations, it's like, don't try to put it into words. Don't try and figure it out. Just be there with those thoughts, with those feelings, and they won't come through your brain. The resolution won't always come through your brain. But when you sit with them, when you experience them without a need to categorize them, log them, find a way around them, they make themselves known and you address them in the same way without using your mind. I mean, it's part of it, but it's our body, mind, and our spirit all saying, cool, I don't get this, but it'll work out. Amazing stuff. So let me ask you this. How does your meditation practice look like today? And is it different day to day for you? Awesome question. Awesome question. Yes. For, I'll answer the second question first. Day to day or, you know, every day is different and it's wonderful. And if we want to think about a consistent meditation practice, I find it beneficial that it has to, for me, it has to be changing every day. Meaning that some days I'll get to the bleachers at the university where I typically meditate in the morning. I say, cool, what am I feeling today? Am I want to have somebody else guide my meditation? You know, go out and after Insight Timer, the free app, or am I going to do that? So right off the bat, that's first question. Am I leading the meditation or somebody else? Some days I'll just hit the timer. Like I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes. I'll just hit the timer and just sit and close my eyes, take my requisite deep breaths and just be with what is, whether that be thoughts, whether it be sounds, whether that be feelings. And other times I'll just I'm like, you know what? I think a meditation on gratitude. In fact, today I'm like, you know what? A meditation on gratitude would really serve me today. So I fired up one on Insight Timer and went for that. So to your question, yeah, it's going to change every day. And much like I pointed out earlier, there are days where I sit on the cushion and I am just connected. I mean, I'm always connected, obviously, but I feel that that connection to all life, all sentient life in the universe, everywhere. And I know it sounds kind of woo woo, but in those moments or times where I feel connected to everything. And to that point, there are times where I sit on my cushion. I'm like, what am I going to have for lunch today? Uh, okay. Parent thought. Back to breath. Cool. Ah, nice. Breath through the nose. Oh, that episode of Star Trek was pretty cool last night. Duh, duh. Back to breath. Back to breath. <laughs> so thankfully, it's a lot less like that now. But yeah, every day is different. And be comfortable with whatever happens is a, is a big thing. And again, not trying to push it to expect it to be one way. But yeah. Some days, uh, my mom would say too, some days are diamonds, some days are coal. So some days you're like, get the world at your at your footsteps or at, at your feet. And other days, just like, cool, I did something to make me a better person. I didn't get any wisdom per se, but I'm calmer and better to face the world and have the world face me and me face the world. So, so yes, A, 
uh, B, it changes all the time. Much like I pointed out earlier, my meditation when I first started, like at 18, I meditate once a week. And this is funny. I, and my listeners, if they're listening to this, are going to get a kick out of this because I say it all the time. I used to stress out so much when there was noise when I was going to meditate. I mean, this was like literally like a month or month, two months after I learned how to meditate. And I'd be in my bedroom and like a car would go by or a dog would be barking. I'm like, what is all this noise? Quiet. I am meditating. <laughs> I just laugh now. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Now, whatever happens, happens. I've meditated in the middle of a soccer game. I've meditated where there are jackhammers out front tearing up the street. And I'm just like, ah, just another day. <laughs> it's such an important point to make because i was in the same space and i still catch myself oh yeah when it's like it's almost like we're looking for a distraction to give us a chance to stop doing whatever we're doing <laughs> or something that i'm doing something good for myself somebody give me a reason to stop exactly right because our mind and our ego as good as they are at protecting us they don't want us to change no those moments is when we realize things that will enable change mm, wonderful change wonderful <laughs> wonderful change yes so yeah so yeah so my my meditation practice has changed dramatically and it will change dramatically going forward for the next well i don't know if i'll be around in another 40 years but why yeah, not yeah. i'm like oh, i'm 60 40 100 yeah it could happen well i don't know we'll worry about that <laughs> when it comes. Yeah, one year at a time right one day at a time because <laughs> we talked about this before we started recording the idea of expectations versus intentions. Mm-hmm. And you and I very much so align on that point, but it goes back to what you're talking about, your practice being different and some days being, let's call it amazing for lack of a better term, and some days just good. And how do we, or let's say if I came to you as a student and I asked you, Tom, I'm struggling really hard because I go into every meditation expecting it to be amazing. And then because I'm expecting it, I'm putting all these pressures on me and I'm getting angry with the thoughts that come in that maybe distract me from having an amazing experience. So greatly, great segue and great example, because that happens a lot. And invariably, I'll have to tell people the same thing that I learned. It's like there are, and getting back, so for your listeners can have the benefit of what we talked about. There, there are two words that seem like they're the same word, but they are not. Those two words are expectation and intention. Expectation means I want this thing to happen, and the only way it can happen or the only way I want it to happen is this way, one way that my conscious, ego-ridden body and mind says has to happen. And to your point, when we do that, when we said, I want to go into a meditation where I feel connected and have wisdom just thrown upon me, to your point, if we have that expectation, then all the other things that we could experience, we have created a barrier per se. We're basically saying with an expectation, this is what I want to experience. And all these other things could happen and bring us to a place that's different, even more sublime, more wise, because we have free will, because we have a humanness and we have that expectation, we blind ourselves to all that. Now, an intention is the exact opposite. An intention says, this is what I want to experience. And it's very, goes against everything that's human and societal and meaning that like, if it happens, awesome. If it doesn't happen, awesome. Because with an intention, we also have the understanding that, I'm going to get way woo-woo, that time is immaterial. I mean, there are times that I've set an intention in a meditation, and just like I said, I'm like, cool, if it happens, it happens. And it might not. And then two weeks down the road, what I intended in that meditation two weeks ago makes itself known. So it's there's a time frame. So when we have that expectation, you think that's like, well, if you have that intention, if it happens, it doesn't. Uh, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, that's kind of wishy-washy. I'm like, that's only wishy-washy in a human context, in an ego context, where we say, this has to happen. This has to happen. We start here. We go here. Meditation is so wonderfully different. And one of the things I like about it is I'm not a contrarian by any sense, but like, I love that my meditation practice allows me to say, I don't care if the entire world is thinking this. That doesn't resonate with me. So I will not follow that belief that I have to be fearful or I have to get to the top of the corporate ladder or that I have to have this much money in my 401k. I'm like, I will do what resonates for me. And with a meditation practice, we have that ability to just say, I don't care if you're the president. I don't care if you're the entire world. My world is my world. My peace, my thoughts are mine and nobody will take them from me. So when we have that, when we have that, 
belief, that intention, it all just kind of jives. When we have that expectation, we just, it's like a round peg in a square hole. We're just trying to say, this is how it has to happen. And it's not. The universe is like, nope, I got other ways. You can keep going, but it's not going to happen that way. So intention, yay. Expectation, not so serving. Did that answer your question? (laughs) Yeah, the first part of it for sure. So how do we go from expectation to intention then? Especially in a meditation setting. Well, it points to what I was talking about before. Our society says, no, if you want this, get it. These are the steps to get it. You have to do this, 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 and this. We talked about it with with social media when we were saying, you know, when we were both starting and it's like, oh, you have to have 10,000 people or 100,000 people. I'm like, well, that's what society is telling us. That's what viral people are telling us. That's what Instagram is telling us. I'm like, for your listeners' benefit, when we were talking earlier, I'm like, when I started Zen Commuter, I'm like, okay, I got to get tens of thousands of people. I got to have everybody follow me. And then, you know, later on in my meditations, like, yeah, your message will get out. It doesn't have to get out through social media. It doesn't have to get through 10,000 people. When you connect with people, that is what's supposed to happen. So we have all these expectations of society uh, on us. One of the things, to your point, to answer your question, to get from the point of expectation to intention is to understand that nobody has an answer for you. And our society is so strong. I mean, think about all the things that we're told societally. And we wake up, and if we don't do anything to look at those thoughts, then we're at, and this sounds very antisocial, but but we're at society's beck and call. We're at their whim. So expectation means I am following the path that everybody thinks I should follow. And it's going to happen kind of on its own. As we meditate more, as we become more introspective, as society loosens its grip on us, we understand, like, just like I was talking about, back in the day, I was like that. I'm like, okay, you know what? I've had some really powerful meditations. I want to have one now. And to your point, I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't happen. And I I get off off my bed. I was laying down at the time and not just uh, sitting on my cushion. I'd be like, what a waste of a meditation back in the day. But again, as I meditated more and more, as those things became visible, like I said, if I had an expectation or an intention, I should say, back to the intention, if I have an intention, and it wasn't manifested in that session because I said, okay, I put it out there. It'll get to me. I don't know when. What My human brain says it has to happen now. My soul says, you'll get to it when you get to it. But the point I'm trying to make is that as we meditate more, as our practice grows, we just loosen that grip of society. And we understand that like, it doesn't have to, have, it doesn't have to happen this way. I know that it'll happen because I've experienced, because I've been meditating for years, because something that I had happened or intended to happen on June 1st, I experienced on November 12th. I'm like, it doesn't matter how much time is between that. Because you're in a meditative space, you understand that time is limitless and that something that you experienced or wanted to experience in a meditation at one point got experienced in another time, your mind just puts those things together, regardless of whether it's months, day, years, decades. Your meditation allows these things to become clear because you have a clear mind. And then when those pieces get put together, then intention just becomes clear because you understand, like I said, society loses its grip and then you see things happening in your own life. So you're like, oh, okay. I put the intention out there. It'll happen. So as you deepen your practice, then you become more, have more faith in the lessons that are going to come to you. And that that intention just kind of grows out of a, a steady practice. Whereas intention is just like, first day meditating, this is what it's going to be like. It's like, no, it's not going to. But after you have a nice practice for months, years, decades, lifetime, like, it's all working out just the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I mean, and the way you described it reminds me of our discussion about power because expectations, the way we, we talked about them, it's like you're giving your power away to others to decide for you what your path should be. Right. We know internally, deep down, what, the best thing for us is, but we don't give ourselves time to listen. And I say that because I've experienced it myself as for have a I. very long time, right? Yeah. And once you put the distractions down, you see with yourself, like in the examples you gave with the corporate people you helped, it's like you give yourself time to think, you give yourself time to be with yourself. And yes, yeah, some tough things will come up, but so many beautiful things will result out of it. And with intention, then it's simply 
taking that power back and giving it to yourself and say, hey, I want to experience this. And you may not. And here's what I got to find out. And it sounds very similar to what you went through. I may not be ready to get whatever my intention is. Mm-hmm. In the sense that I may not have the lessons required for me to fully understand whatever I'm intending for. Right. Or there may be some steps I need to to take. So yeah, it may happen in three weeks because there was a person I had to meet for my intention to become real. Or right. there was an experience I had to go through for my intention to be really coming through to me. I love that. Uh, love that point to make is that it's a, a human context and a, and a higher self context. For me, one of the things I, I tell listeners is there are times in my meditation where I'll experience something and I just don't understand. I can't even comprehend it. Sometimes it's broad things. Sometimes I think sometimes it's literally like a vision in my head. Like I'll see somebody's face that I don't know who the heck that is, or I'll feel something. And I'll bring that to my guides in my meditation. And I'm like, what was that mean? And sometimes I get an answer. And sometimes I'll be like, what do you think it means? I'm like, I have no idea. And to that point, I just literally like put it on a shelf. I'm like, okay, I don't get it. And then to your point, something has to happen or maybe some things have to happen to get me to the realization to understand what that is. I mean, and there have been times that I'll experience something in a meditation, much like I talked about before, where I'll experience something. I'm like, guys, I don't get what you're saying. I'm like, I don't understand that at all. I'm like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what it's supposed to mean, but I'll keep it. I'll put it on a shelf and literally whether, and it's, it just amazes me every time it happens. Like something happened the other day and I I forget exactly what it was, but I was just walking and I'm like, I had an epiphany to that moment that was literally probably like half a year ago. I'm like, oh my God, this is what you were pointing at. This is what I was supposed to experience. I'm like, wow, that's cool. That is really cool. So yeah, being able to put it on a shelf and say, I'll understand it when I'm supposed to understand it. And to your point, maybe I'm supposed to meet this person, or maybe I'm supposed to garner this wisdom from some other source before I'm supposed to hit this high point or just another point, so to speak. So yeah, it's all just having a a faith. And many people don't have trouble with faith. (laughs) They're like, I can't see it. I can't measure it. So I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, don't worry about it. Speaking of intention... Every time you meditate, do you set yourself intentions for whatever session you're meditating in? Great question. Great question. Most times I'm expectation free, although in the moments there are, like I said, sometimes it's a guided meditation, but many times I have a meditation, which is what's called an open awareness meditation, where you basically say, I'm just going to be here for 20 minutes. For me, wildly tentative. I have it set up on my insight timer that I have a 20 minute limit. And then every five minutes I hear a sound. So for me, what I do is for the first five minutes, I slow my breathing. I become, you know, I I get my brain waves into the theta state, which is a, a meditative state. I get into that space. And then for the second five minute period, I, I create, I see my life as I want it to be as I wish to experience it. And then forget to, and the, and the third, third segment is a, a gratitude for all the things that are in my life right now. And to your point, the, the last five minutes is what I call intention setting for the day. Meaning I select three words and the energy that accompanies them as to how I want to experience the day. Does that mean I will? Maybe not, but I'll have a better sense of doing that with that intention. So it might be, Okay, today I want to experience calm, love, and compassion. That's what I want to experience today. So I set those intentions in those meditations where I'm, I have those open meditations. I definitely set the intentions for how I want to feel throughout the day. From a meditative standpoint, just like each meditation, nah, I just sit down and be like, cool, universe, you got my back. Show me something. Well, I mean, and that's an intention in itself, right? It's yeah, absolutely. Only, absolutely. Only what I need to see. And the reason I say that is because that's what I do a lot as well. And it doesn't matter what you do in your life. You ideally want to have some intention around it. Now, again, not expectation, but what would you ideally want to get out of this? So if I spend time with you, Tom, my intention is to have a great conversation and learn a thing or two. If it doesn't happen that way, then sure, fine. There's a lesson in there and I can dissect it. But it could be just, hey, I just want to see what happens. Yeah. That's my intention as well. And that's actually something that we need more in our life, I would imagine. Because, again, it's such a fine line between intention and expectation. And our mind is very good at tricking us into thinking that we didn't set an expectation when we really did. Right. Exactly. And one of the things that's so cool about 
being somewhat expectation-free or even intention-free. It's just like, I mean, we both want this conversation to go well, and it obviously is, but like being with a friend, I'm like, I don't care if the conversation goes north, south. I'm like, I'm experiencing the energy of somebody I respect and love. And I'm like, so it's always going to be good. Whether our mind, to your point, whether our mind says, no, it's got to go like this. Like, no. I love just, that. Because just, it goes back to what you said. There's no good or bad. And that was no. a big epiphany that came to me in meditation as well. It's like, it just is. Yeah. We're having a conversation. So let's say for you and I, it looks great. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. Then for one listener, they may be like, what are these guys talking about? So that's bad for them. But then for another listener, it'll be like, wow, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Right? So there's going to be a spectrum between the polarity ends, right? It's going to yeah, be it's like, all perception. Exactly. It's again, back to us humans, how we interpret things, how we allow society to dictate how we interpret things, right? And go from there. Exactly. And one of the things I talk about too on Zen Commuter is how my soul knows what it wants to experience. My soul, my higher self, which is love and light. So when we strip that humanist away, and not all humanists, and I, I, I'm kind of bashing humanists, but what, you know what I'm talking about, the like, anger, the frustration, the judgment. Like if I just go to a place, I'm like, like I say this all the time. When I go to the supermarket, I love going to the supermarket because like there are just so many people there. And I'm like, there are days I go into the supermarket. I'm like, wow, I'm with my brothers and sisters. I'm with the entire world. I'm like, I feel so much love. And there are days I'm like, got to get bread, got to get milk, got to get bacon. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is when we just allow things to be, when we just open ourselves up without expectation, without judgment, it's just life is just so much more joyful for me anyway. I know that's definitely what I've seen with many people as well, myself. And I'm still on a journey to truly be able to do that on a more consistent basis. Because again, it's like, distractions are so easy to show up in our life. And when I say distraction, it could also be things that distract us, but also, let's say, indoctrinate us in a way of being, or they guide us in a way that maybe it's not aligned with our own feelings, but we don't realize it because, again, we're so distracted. We're so caught up in whatever everyone else is doing that we forget that we have a say in so much of our life. Exactly. And that's a great point because I think that's one of the other benefits of meditation too is just an awareness. Like most people... As an aside, when people start meditating, I tell them, okay, cool. You've never meditated before. After you take those nice deep breaths, your mind is going to start to wander. That's okay. When your mind wanders, when you know that you have a thought, then just bring your attention back to your breath. And invariably, people like new students are like, dude, I'm like, thoughts are coming fast and furious. I keep having to redirect myself to my breath all the time. It's like, does this ever stop? Like, first off, shift your perspective. When did you notice that your mind was all over the place before you started meditating? I didn't. I just go throughout the day and just be thinking everything. Like, cool. So this is a celebration point. Now you know when your mind is wandering. So A, celebrate that, and then just go back to your breath. If it happens once, if it happens 90 times, it doesn't matter. And if it's going to make you feel better, invariably, it will get easier. And you won't have to uh, go back to your breath so often. But they get kind of frustrated at the beginning. So I have to remind them to shift their perspective. So that is a lesson that they always learn. And it's about shifting perspective and understanding that things will be as they will be. We just have to get out of our own way. Beautifully said there, Tom. So speaking of getting out of our own way, let's say you could go back in time to your younger self, that 18-year-old, or maybe even in your 20s, and you could guide yourself on this path. You can essentially mentor yourself to become better at this faster, sooner, whatever you want to call it. What would you do? Like, What were some of the first things you would tell yourself? You're going to love this answer. And I love this question because it comes up very often in my own life. And it, invariably, I mean, I've told stories about when I was meditating when I was younger and how different it is from today. And if I was to go back and meet my 18-year-old self, I wouldn't say a thing. I said, you got this. <laughs> you know exactly what to do. And it's that awareness too, not to be labor a point, but like, our lives are unfolding just the way they're supposed to. And not the way we want them to, per se, but the way they're supposed to, from a soul's perspective, from a higher self. So each of us has times we look back like, God, that really sucked. I'm like, why did that happen? And in a vacuum, it is sucky. When I look back on my life now, and I know I have so much life to live, but if I look back on all the things that happened in my life, I'm like, they all prepared me for this day. This day, tomorrow, 
my grandmother dying, my mom dying, my buddy dying in a car accident, losing jobs, getting sick, all those things, would I change any of them? Not a one, not a one, because they all brought me here. And this moment is just beautiful. So to your answer, I'd be, I'd just go back and I'd hang out. I'm like, dude, what do we want to do today? Let's go to the beach. I love that answer. And I mean, that, that reinforces the idea of living in the moment and being grateful for where you are yeah, and not worrying so much about the past and how you wish you, you, you could change so many things or the future, right? It's just being in the moment and being grateful for everything that you have and pushing forward on the path you feel in your heart. Yeah. And I guess you're, as a more pragmatic answer, I might say to my younger self, dude, you're going to experience some ups and downs. Just experience all of them. Don't put any judgment on them. They're all going to bring you to a great place. So there'll be times when you'll be sad. There'll be times when you'll be happy. Like live them all and you'll get to where you need to be. And wherever that is, is where you're supposed to be. Love it. Love it. That's a great point to let's remind people again where they could find you, Tom. I know we talked about your podcasts, but where can they find you if they want to connect with you or work with you? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, going to zencommuter.com is the best place for the website, but much to what we talked about earlier, T-H-O-M at zencommuter.com, literally, just drop me off an email. And if you're thinking like, oh, this is going to go to an inbox, I'm like, no. Answer every email, and I look forward to every email because it's another opportunity for me to connect with somebody who is just light and love. And so, yeah, I always get excited when I get emails from people, whether it be questions, whether it be like, oh, hey, can you talk about this? So, yeah, T-H-O-M at zencommuter.com or just go out to zencommuter.com. There's a great download of a meditation. So if you've never meditated before, there's a great download right right when you get there. Download that. You'll be part of the newsletter that comes out twice a month. And then you'll get that meditation that'll kind of give you an idea of what meditation's like. It's a nice beginner meditation, kind of slows people into what they can expect from meditation practice. Lovely, Tom. Thank you so much. And before we let you go for today, is there anything else you want to share, maybe that comes up in the moment or something that we haven't had a chance to talk about? I guess we talked about it, but when I think about meditation, when I think about calm, it's just kind of what we were talking about is kind of interwoven through our whole conversation. It's like, trust that you know what the right answer is for you. You have every answer that is pertains to you. And I think so many times we talked about this off air before uh, we were recording about how our society says, look outside of you. If you want an answer, talk to this person, talk to that person. If you want to feel happier by this, by that, you know, everything is encapsulated in who we are, our joy, our pain, our wisdom, our ignorance. It's all here. And when we have the ability to cocoon ourselves in a, med- you know, whether it be a meditation practice, just taking a walk in the woods, when we silence the world around us, then we are no longer at the whim of everybody around us. We're not looking outside for joy. We're not looking outside for answers. They're all within us. Happiness isn't something we have to search for, to strive for. It's within us. We just have to silence all the distractions that you pointed about earlier and get in touch with that. The wisdom that is us is all within us. And we have that meditation practice. We're going to connect to that. And to our other point, some days you will, some days you won't. But invariably, one of the things I always tell my students, when you sit down to meditate, when you get done, you're always going to be better. Whether you experience wisdom, connection, whether you experience just a moment when your mind is not just running around like the the proverbial monkey mind. So I I guess the parting words that I would say is, you're doing great just the way you are. Relax. Tune into who you are. Silence the expectations of all the world around you and understand that everything is working out just the way it is. And you've got this. Beautiful message to end on, Tom. Thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom. And I can't wait for everyone to, to listen to this. And to the audience, thank you so much for sticking with us. Please go check out Tom and his work. And if you don't meditate yet, just a simple question. Why not? Absolutely. And Constantine, thank you so much for having me on your show and just for our friendship. I am so excited that Zen Commuter and Unleash Thyself has happened so that you and I could become friends. I'm very thankful. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate it so much. And I'm grateful for it as well. Thank you. Take care, bud. You have a great rest of the day. Thank you. 
so much for joining us on this exploration of personal transformation. Your presence and engagement are at the heart of what we do, and I sincerely appreciate you, your time and thirst for knowledge, inspiration, and empowerment. Please consider showing your support by hitting like, subscribe, leaving a comment, or writing a review. Your engagement not only fuels our mission, but also helps others discover these insights. For more daily guidance on personal transformation across the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical realms, be sure to visit our website at unleashthyself.com. You can also find us on Instagram at unleashthyselftoday, TikTok and YouTube at unleashthyself, and there we post daily content designed to inspire and empower you on your journey. If you have any specific thoughts, questions, or feedback, I truly value your input. Or if you'd like to have a conversation with me, or work with me, please feel free to email me directly at constantine at unleashthyself.com. I would love to hear from you. Together, we're building a community united in authenticity and purpose. Once again, thank you for being a part of this movement. Until next time, continue to embrace your true self and live a life on purpose with purpose. See you in the next episode.